All right, welcome back to the Slay Less Show. Today we're talking body positivity. I have my first returning guest, Amari. She's here with us. And I also have my lovely line sister, Alicia. Um, if you guys would like to just introduce yourselves, tell the people your social media handles, uh, what you're currently doing right now, any future projects you might be working on, where the people can pretty much link up with you um, if they wanted to follow like what you're doing, like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. What else? What are the social media? Tumblr, <laughs> Snapchat, Insta Story. So whoever wants to go first, go ahead and feel free to dive in. Okay. Well, my name is Amari, and I am a plus size blogger for the Curvy Classic. And you can pretty much find me on any of the social media handles like Instagram. Um, I have a new YouTube channel. Uh, my website's all the Curvy Classic and Facebook page. Awesome, awesome. I love a uniformity all across the board. Yes. <laughs> all right, Alicia, if you want to go ahead. Yes, um, my name is Alicia. Um, my social media is Leisha, at Leisha Mac um, with two I's, so it's L-I-I-S-H-A-M-A-C um, across all social media as well. <laughs> I'm not a blogger or anything. <laughs> I'm just a student trying to come up in the world. So Awesome, awesome. I can dig it. Um, of course, you know that you can follow the Slay Less Show at, at The Slay Less Show on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, we're just simply The Slay Less Show. They wouldn't let me add the, I'm not, I'm so kind of salty about that. Um, <laughs> so pretty much those are the three platforms I utilize the most. That's where you can find most of our information, uh, all podcast updates, so on and so forth. All right, so let's get down to it. Today, we're talking body positivity. Um, body positivity for me, just like as a general introduction is such a radical concept because as women, we're so policed about what we should look like, what we shouldn't look like, our hair, our skin, especially black women. Like take everything women experience in like times 20 for us because <laughs> we're, everything about us is just so micromanaged, every facet of our identities. So the body positive, move, uh, body positive movement began in the 90s and is credited to, to two women. Call, is it Connie Sosbad? When I was doing my research, I should have actually like referenced that because I actually can't pronounce her last name. And Deb Bugard, who have roots in the movements against eating disorders, the queer community, and second wave feminism. So inherently speaking, this movement is a movement that's rooted in feminism. And to my understanding, my academic understanding and the way I understand feminism to be, that automatically makes it intersectional. So when we talk body positivity, there's no way we can't talk class, we can't talk race, we can't talk uh, sexual orientation, gender, so on and so forth. It is a commonly accepted fact that body positivity has roots in the fat acceptance movement of second wave feminism in the 1960s. More recently, body positivity has been tied into themes of self-acceptance, shining a light in the way that bodies belonging to people in marginalized groups are often attacked and denounced, and generally advocating for a more acceptance among body variations and types. Presently, the body positive movement seems to dismantle the ranking system that privileges and praises some bodies over others, as it should, right? So our first question for the day, what does body positivity mean to you and how does your definition of self influence this meaning? So make sure like when we're talking to this question, like um, I'm really asking how you self-identify and how that ties into how you relate to body positivity, define body positivity, so on and so forth. So whoever wants to dive into that question first, feel free to go ahead and take it. Okay, well, um, body positivity to me uh, means just more so um, realizing that everybody's healthy is going to look different. Yes. 
For sure. Um, I think that's just something recently people started realizing that it's just, just because you're skinny doesn't mean you're healthy, but just because you're, you know, over 200 pounds, that doesn't mean you're not healthy either. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just something a lot of people have had to realize. And me and myself, um, I've always been pretty, ath- ath- not athletic necessarily, not anymore, but um, I've always been pretty <laughs> active. Yeah, um, I've, you know, played sports all my life, that whole thing. Um, so, I mean, I've always had the athletic background, you know, the workout piece in me, mm-hmm. but I wasn't eating healthy necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so like my body was not reflecting what I wanted it to reflect. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I was always so body positive about at least my own body mm-hmm. until recently. And, um, you know, I started making better decisions. And once you start really caring about your yourself and being happy with yourself, you're going to go and take care of yourself too. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really what it is to me. Mostly it's just, you know, kind of being positive and really caring about me. And so when I care about me, I'll care about the things I put in me because that directly reflects what I'm going to look like on the outside and feel like on the inside too. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like what you said about healthy looking different for different people. Um, Mostly because that's something that I think people, the people don't really have a very clear understanding of the way Nutrition works. Mm-hmm. Nutrition to everyone is like, oh, I got to be skinny, skinny, and have like a six pack, and mm-hmm. I have to, you know, like this is what this is what healthy is, and that's not true because, mm-hmm. as we know, like people have different bodies. People are genetically built differently. Genetically, gene- like that's yes. like mm-hmm. your yes. genetic makeup. Yes, <laughs> I I am a firm believer in the genetic piece. Yes. I feel like there's some people that are built a certain way. Yes, and. I mean, I'm just, I'm sorry, but no amount of exercise per se is going to get you looking like, you know, someone else because you're genetically not built that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Genetically just unique, really, is Mm -hmm. the word. Uh, All right. So for me, um, like I've been plus size all my life. So like I probably wasn't as body positive either because I feel like in our community, we are told what a certain type of fat is acceptable and Mm -hmm. what is what looks good and what doesn't look good. So, mm-hmm. of course, back in the day, I was a small fat, as we would call it. I was still a size like 16, 18, but I didn't have um, large amounts of body fat in certain areas. Mm-hmm. So I still had like an acceptable body. Mm-hmm. And so my perception of others who wasn't didn't fit into that acceptable fat body I looked at in a negative way. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to look like that. Or I would, mm-hmm. you know, make comments. But it's like, it, like you fat too. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, <laughs> I pro- so back in the day, I wasn't as body positive. I think now as, you know, including how I think about myself, it's about how I view others as well. Mm-hmm. And understanding that, like she said, everybody, you know, looks different. You can't judge people based off of how they look and if you think that they're healthy or not. So for me... I make sure that when I look at people, not even like for the health reason, but just measuring people's worth mm-hmm. based off of how they look. And that's oh, yeah. really what we do in society. We look at people and mm-hmm. and if they fit, you know, a certain this mold. Image, yeah. yeah. Like you just, they they get placed on, you know, a higher pedestal. And I think that's, that, is, that goes within like the whole community and inside of the like fat community as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all communities. Yes. yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely. And I... Really appreciate what you said as far as like um, a certain type of fat being acceptable, right? Because yes. like 
I've noticed that a lot just being on Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, just researching different plus size bloggers, plus size Instagrams, body positivity Instagrams. Um, It's okay to be a certain size as long as you're shaped a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that's shape. Because literally you'll have like plus size bloggers who are like 20, like a size 22. Uh And they'll get super popular, but they still have that hourglass, not as Mm -hmm. much booty Mm -hmm. or not booty, but belly. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they still have that acceptable figure as opposed to someone who, um, I guess you would say it was like apple shape, you know, like yeah, apple shape, like rounder, like just yeah, like they don't have have that hourglass at that like pair, smaller waist compared to your hips. Yeah, and I think that's what the big argument is: is making sure, like, okay, within this body positive movement, we need to make sure that everyone is represented Mm -hmm. instead of your typical people who are already conventionally beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say the same thing, especially. just kind of like looking at that and then looking at the way that oppression, that same type of oppression seeps into movements that are like you were, the movement was initially designed to dismantle that. Mm-hmm. So the same type of acceptance, the same thing, I mean, the same thing I'll say about the natural hair movement, the same thing I say about um, Ooh, that was- just generally like <laughs> black girl magic, like the hashtag black girl magic, yeah. where you see like a certain type of aesthetic, like, you know, yeah. you don't see, like, I'm just going to be honest, like you don't see hood girls like the girls who invented Black Girl Magic who were rocking like blue and purple braids and like six inch long green nails since the light skin 3C. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, you know, it's one of those things uh, where even within movements, we have to still be careful that we're not asserting the same type of oppressions that we were ultimately working to dismantle in the first place. Mm-hmm. All right, so for me, body positivity, um, I've had such a, a difficult relationship with body positivity just because... I don't know if it was a way that I just developed throughout adolescence into young adulthood. Um, I went from feeling like I was too big to being too, too skinny. I feel like my head was like too big <laughs> for my body. And I remember there was a period of time in high school, like I didn't actually start wearing shorts until I got to college because I was like, I didn't like my body. And I remember a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, I've always been taller And so, like, this happens to children. They'll gain weight because they're going through growth spurts. Mm -hmm. And so I would gain weight. I remember, like, my family, and not really my mother, but more so, like, my extended family being like, oh, you're getting big and you're getting fat. And then making me really insecure about my body for, like, Years. It's always your family. It's always your family. It's always people close. It'd be your own niggas close to you. And so, like, it was them who, like, really kind of put that into my head, especially like, uh, bless his heart, my grandfather. Oh, but I love, like, literally one of my favorite people in the world. But he always be like, who are you picking up weight? He didn't mean it in a negative way. Mm-hmm. But me being a child, seeing all these images on TV and in magazines and me knowing that mm-hmm. fat is supposed to be bad. Right. Me being like, mm-hmm. oh, no, like, I have to counteract this. I remember in the seventh grade, I went on a diet. And my ass passed out in PE. My mom was like, okay, enough of this shit. She was like... <laughs> No. And I've never been athletic. I've never, um, I don't like sports. I don't like working out now. The only reason (laughs) I work out now is because I am diabetic. So I feel like, you know, that kind of counteracts, you know, my condition as far as like helping me lead a healthier lifestyle. But for the most part, no, um, body positivity has been a struggle for me. I would even say now, especially since I'm pregnant, adjusting to the way my body has rapidly changed over the past nine months it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I counteract that a lot of the times, like I'm like, well, I got to feel cute. Well, I'm going to go buy as many clothes as I can to feel cute. 
And that's also exposed me to um, a lot of different like types of fashion, like mm-hmm. maternity wear is trash. Yeah. I will say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a I've lot heard of that. It is. It's, it's horrible. It's mm-hmm. really not, they don't give you a lot of options. They expect you to look like a burlap sack. Mm-hmm. Um, I am actually happy that I feel like plus size clothing is getting more inclusive in size. Yes. And it looks like, I'm like, actually, this is what I feel like I would want to wear. And then it also has exposed me to the fact that there aren't a lot of plus size options. So people who are plus size, they kind of like, there are literally certain stores you can't shop at. I'm like, this is bullshit. It's a struggle. And I, I have to literally pick which mall I'm going to go to because yeah. there's only like two or three stores. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it's a it's a tiny plus section that they threw in the back of the store and they mm-hmm. didn't really Real put small. any thought into it. Oh, here are your mm-hmm. options. Here yeah. you go. Here you Just go. to say that they have it in the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, a lot of people aren't spending sizes. I know for um, where I work, we mm-hmm. start at size 10 now. We yeah. used to start at a 12 and then we go up to um, 30 and it used to be 26. So they're trying to... Yeah. No broaden that. Nice. Yeah, I think Let's that's go a good idea because honestly, some plus size sections, because I think I'm in that in-between where it's like small plus size like big regular size I almost can never find something that fits that in between it's like you go into plus size and it's too big you go into this size you know smaller and it's too small so it's kind of like because they cut it differently mm -hmm. like when you go to plus size retailers they do cut cut it different yes it's cut for a plus size body and then you go to a like straight size retailer it could still be a 12 Mm -hmm. but it's not the same but it's not the same Mm -mm. because when Mm -hmm. I wore 16 I I tried to go on Charlotte Russe one time girl Charlotte Russe and I tried (laughs) to put on that 16 I got so embarrassed I was like nope that's I will also say like just your height. I've always been kind of tall. Mm-hmm. And so finding pants that Oof. are long enough is Oof. always a damn struggle. Man. I'm just like, man. I'm like, why are my skinny jeans capri pants? Look. I'm just like, what is going on? Five nine struggle, man. Yeah, yeah. Look, and I'm I mean, people, I, I honestly, this is people like, you're five seven. That's not that tall. I'm like, that actually is kind of tall for a girl. Like, as far as like it is. pants. It is. So I'm and like, then, that's. Like, if your legs are longer than your torso, then that makes a big difference too. It really does. And I would say I definitely fall into the category where I have super long legs and a much shorter torso. So it's just, you know, I'm, I'm happy that retailers are also starting to figure out that, you know, women who are not conventionally small the way they kind of like try to confine our bodies to be mm-hmm. like we have buying power too we want to be cute too we want to like we want to feel you know I don't want to mm-hmm. go out and buy a dress and feel like oh I just barely was able to squeeze into mm-hmm. this dress. like I want to be comfortable mm-hmm. right some want, spanks on. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be breathable I want all of that I want you know and we deserve that experience um okay this is like a really good question kind of a good segue why must body positivity ultimately be intersectional? And how can we expand the phrase body positivity to be more inclusive? Mm. I went first last time. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel that body positivity needs to be intersectional and inclusive because it it ultimately is about, you know, how it can be about how you view yourself, but it's about how you how you view others as well. Mm-hmm. So if we only if we only show one type of person or if we only show one group of people within the body positivity movement, mm-hmm. then how are we supposed to affect change on how other people think about certain bodies? Mm-hmm. You know, and that mm-hmm. includes you know, our, you know, black women, that includes um trans, mm-hmm. you know, Girl. disabled, like everybody. So mm-hmm. it's like if if you're not showing these people, how are we supposed to, you know, get change on how people right. view these bodies? You yeah. know? 
No. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you want a little bit more time? I can go ahead and what? we can rotate so I can answer and you want to go. I'm No, I mean, I was just going to piggyback <laughs> off of what she said. I don't, I don't <laughs> honestly. Yeah, but um, is is definitely makes, a, I, would, I would make a point in including more of different types of people as well because body positivity, everybody has a body. But everybody doesn't fit the same mold, mm-hmm. as you said earlier. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's unfortunate to say not everybody's a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Sucks and, for them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, some people's body positivity is different. And, you know, she mentioned trans. I feel like theirs is such in the limelight right now because so many people are being more open about, you know, how they feel about themselves and things like that. But those people are born, you know, hating the body that they live in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they take and so they a lot of them take steps to change their situation. And I don't feel like, you know, just because you aren't necessarily happy with certain things on your body doesn't mean you don't have body positivity. Mm-hmm. Even you working towards, you know, being more positive about yourself and being more positive about any anybody else around you is a body positivity thing. So I feel like it is important to include other people from other walks of life because just because they don't have the same body positivity struggles you do doesn't mean that they are not struggling with body positivity necessarily. I would totally agree with that, especially in regards to trans men and women. Um, I would like to dismantle, I, I don't like, I don't, you know, I, I hate when people are like, well, they hated themselves. That's why they changed. It's like, no, that's not who they were. Mm-hmm. That wasn't who they were. They legitimately know themselves well enough to know this is actually who I am supposed to be. That doesn't necessarily mean they hate themselves. I also think mm-hmm. that if you if you make the conscious decision to change your body for whatever reason that you want to change your body, that also doesn't mean that you have some type of like uh, negative insecurity mm-hmm. or you have self-esteem issues. And I think that when we talk about body positivity, uh, we have to be really clear in stating that and making sure that that's you know, laid out as a foundation. I would also say, I think ultimately body positivity has to be intersectional because we talk about body positivity, especially when we talk about health. Um, This is something that's been on my mind recently. Um, What kind of access to food that we have. Mm. And so I live in the South Dallas, Deep Ellum area, which is, you know, a hop and a skip away from like the hood, literally. (laughs) And it's amazing how that works, how they'll build like, you know, high rises and there's a Section 8 office. Mm. Um, I also teach in Pleasant Grove, which is another pretty low socioeconomic neighborhood here in Dallas. And the food options that people have out there, and I kind of do think this ties into body positivity because body positivity is all about, health is an aspect of body positivity. Mm -hmm. And the access to food that people have out there compared to like in Rockwall where my OBGYN is, (laughs) we went to, me and my boyfriend went to Tom Thumb, we were looking at the produce, we were like, oh my gosh, wow all these options and it's like so fresh. I'm like, what the fuck? Right. I've never seen vegetables this green before in my life. <laughs> and so it's one of those things that um, when we talk about body positivity, you have to talk about intersectionality because class plays into body positivity. Like if you are trans, the fact that a lot of the surgery is not covered under medical insurance. It's so expensive too. Um, the fact that like if you are to obese to the point where it actually is affecting your health and you don't have access to surgery or to a good doctor. Mm-hmm. And not even like surgery and a good doctor. When I say a good doctor, I want to be very clear what I'm saying. Someone who's actually supportive of like what you're going through mm-hmm. and is not judging you. Well, you got, you did this to yourself. Cause I see a lot of fat shaming also in regard mm-hmm. to body positivity, mm-hmm. which really just, I rubs me the wrong way. 
Um, but class, I think, is one of those things that we don't talk enough about when we talk about body positivity and what we actually have access to. Because medical insurance definitely plays into body positivity. If we're talking about our physical beings, we're talking about our health, our mental health as well. Because we definitely want to talk about that. Um, the fact that a lot of brown people, people of color, don't really have access to that type of stuff. So that's why I say when we say body positivity, like... I love seeing Ashley Graham on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Man. I would also like to see a darker version of Ashley Graham on. Like, let's root for Danielle Brooks or something. Yes, like, and I, I love her. Like, she's literally, she's actually like my body positive idol. So it's one of those things where I think um, we have to be inclusive. Otherwise, what we're doing is just talking about something new while instituting the same modes of oppression, right? Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where. If we don't see a variety, also, how are people supposed to be and feel included and feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, they're actually being accurately heard? Exactly. Because I'll I'll be honest, and we can all agree on this, a black woman's experience of body positivity is going to be much different than a woman who is not black or Mm -hmm. a rich woman, much different than a poor woman. Uh, We also have to talk about women who are immigrants. Like, you know, all these different things that play into your self-identity as far as you having access to actually be body positive and actually live a body positive lifestyle. Because it's not easy, especially not easy for women who don't have access to that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Do y'all want to add anything else to that? I feel like we can keep going for a long time. Yeah, with that. <laughs> honestly, you could. And I mean, just to go back on, because when you said Ashley Graham, she's a big proponent of, you know, natural and things like that. And I feel like a lot of plus size models are. Um, I was reading an article where it was just going and detailing basically, you know, the plus size model industry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the plus size women aren't even necessarily plus size. Um, it was so crazy. It was like a lot of them are like 12, 10, 11, and they just look bigger on camera or on the runway and things like that because they have a more fat, of course, most, than yeah, the traditional the, model. Most of the time, they they choose models who are not as small as their mm-hmm. like, normal models. Right. Which is exactly. not that hard or, to be not that small, right? Because yeah. they're like, we're this small. Because I'll shop at retailers and I'm like, why is she modeling this plus size yes. line? She's literally not plus size. I think like, the article said that plus size, um, well, as far as in, in the industry and like, I guess, uh, getting an agent and things like that, it was like uh, ranged from size eight to size like, yeah, eight, eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, size, to size like, I think 15 was like the highest, 15, 16. Oh my and I'm God. like, what? You wouldn't know that unless you, were, you, you see these girls and, and, and then if they're smaller, they even take steps to make them look bigger or curvier. Mm-hmm. They'll like make them put They'll on spanks and put, put on put padding in their spanks to make their yep. hips protrude out more. Or, or you know, the clothing compare, on them. Yes, every, they do all that kind yeah. of stuff. So it's like, even within that industry, <laughs> they're, they take steps to to make you fit their mold of what they feel like is acceptable or what's going to yes. be appealing to the eye or pleasing to, pleasing because they to the could eye. Easily, there's so many models out there that are size 22, mm-hmm. 20. Like, I feel like 18 is kind of like in the middle. But you have models who are like 18 and up that are not being signed by agency. So I feel like there's a starting point here where you can, you can get onto the companies and say, okay, we want to see women who look like us. But a lot of these... Uh, companies go through modeling agencies and if they mm-hmm. don't have those type of models signed mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to be represented so let's talk about that too I'm you glad know you like you have up. to start somewhere and uh-huh. like you can get onto the companies but let's get onto these agencies because they have to sign these people yes which I'm so happy you said that because that is really the segue and I think a lot of like uh, that kind of also talks into access that people have to actually be involved in this industry and these careers is because if you can't get into an agency 
which automatically means that like, you know, if you're working for an agency, um, a lot of the time you don't have another job. So hopefully, hopefully you're making enough money modeling to actually pay your bills. Mm -hmm. And then that means if you aren't part of an agency, you're excluded from a lot of the model casting calls, which means you don't get to go and they never even see you. They might, they probably would hire you, but they never actually get a chance to see you unless like, you know, you're able to build a super large platform on social media, which isn't necessarily easy to do. Cause I mean, I mean, it's so prevalent now that it's Mm -hmm. like kind of like everybody almost has access to that. So unless you're able to really do that, Mm -hmm. a lot of people get excluded from being able to do that. I think also what you said about, that's not at all surprising to me. It's outrageous, it, but it's not at all surprising to me that they're actually photoshopping. Oh yeah, oh, the Photoshop is. Don't, don't well, take, we haven't touched on that. You'll take a you'll take a small a woman. I mean, a size eight. I haven't worn a size eight since I was fourteen. Yeah, so I, like don't, a, I don't think I've ever been a size. Yeah, I, as long as I was you like have a twelve. Bigger hips. Yeah. Some big boobs. Yeah, some that's ass, really it. Mm-hmm. You plus size. So yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> small waist. Everything else big. Oh, girl, you plus size. No, you're not. So I'm just like. <laughs> No, that's not the same. That's the same yeah. body that we're trying like, to like. And, and that's why I think they're. I mean, I, I know. I guess you know some people don't like the term plus size, and I I think that's more the reason why they started calling it curvy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're calling it curvy, and some of these girls ain't really curvy, and they're manipulating their images and things like that to make them curvier and make them seem plus size. Well, see, we also have to talk about those two words and those phrases, like who actually is getting to make those, and who's actually getting to include what's included in plus size mm-hmm. and what's curvy. Because the thing is, is like, to me, what it sounds like, just from based off your description of what you've been reading and like your research, my research, and what you've also said, is you're taking girls that have a certain face mm-hmm. and a certain body type mm-hmm. and basically photoshopping it to look a certain way while still excluding girls who actually are plus size. Mm. The size eight, the fuck? That's small. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, damn, so I, I'll right. never be a size eight and, again. I don't and want I, to. And I had to think about it. I'm like, okay, so wait, what does a size eight look like? Like to where she could even fit any plus size. But it's it's like, I mean, if you got the right angles, the right camera, and you know, the right people to do the work, I'm sure you can make her look, yeah, you know. Yeah, try to have them like slumped over. So you yeah, so, so a little roll, you know. The angles, yeah, the yeah. angles, and the even, angles. But even, I mean, even the plus size models that I follow mm-hmm. on Instagram, because I mean, there's one that I think I kind of obsessed with she has like kind of like ab definition it's like which one There's girl Tabria Majors I love her but her she, she's beautiful but it's like dang girl you yo, you look good but I mean yeah I think she is genuinely plus size I think she says she's around like 200 something pounds or maybe a little bit more she's taller so mm-hmm. she fits that she does fit the plus size you know thing but she's still a smaller plus size yeah that's the argument too because there's a lot of models like her Ashley Graham mm-hmm. they're who, all around the same size yeah who they're, they're they get really popular because they have socially acceptable fat bodies yes, so you have that, a thing right. of where like she could be 200 pounds but she's also really tall she doesn't really have she doesn't really represent Mm -hmm. what a majority of plus size people look like so I think people fight with that within the fat community too oh yeah like okay she's plus size but like you don't represent everybody, so yeah, need, you need to put somebody need... out there with some tummy, man. Yeah, yeah. That, honestly, because that's that's realistic. Because she's still that's acceptable, realistic. like she's yes. still in swimsuit, like uh, Sports she was, Illustrated. Yeah, she like was in Sports Illustrated this last, mm-hmm, this last so. one. Even though I think they had her in a one piece, I won't. Mm. Uh, yeah, I I totally see that all the time, especially. Um, I go on to fashion over curve a lot mm. and just to see what they have on there. And mm-hmm. I also I always see the models. Me too. Like I'm like, ooh, look at that. I'm like, damn, like you know, like. Uh, you, and it's always like, okay. Like you are technically bigger. Mm-hmm. Like you would qualify to fit in the spectrum of what is considered curvy or plus size. 
but you really look like just a little bit bigger version of the same models that are on the of the other fashion over uh, site. So it's like, really, what are we dismantling here? And I think that's a question we have to continue to ask ourselves. I'm like, okay, like... Yeah, it's like, she still looks like her. She's just slightly bigger. Yeah. yeah it's not... Slightly. Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also... Um, Queen Beyonce, what a what a wonderful person. <laughs> I um I rarely see models that are disabled. Don't see that at all. Really, that's like I really. Know, I never. Yeah, I don't think there I've ever seen campaigns that have disabled models. So there aren't, or there are. I've seen very few. Very few. Very, very few. Very few. Yes, and they're kind of like indie brands. They're not even like. Mm-hmm. So I would choice. also. I mean, that there's we have a long way to go as far as making it truly intersectional. Um. I mean, you can talk race. We've already kind of known. We've already acknowledged that race plays a different factor. Uh, class, ability. So there's a lot of ableism that's kind of reinforced throughout the body positivity movement as far as like, I posted something on my um, podcast, Instagram the other day. And I'm like, this is the first piece of art that I've seen where it shows women of different types of bodies like together. It has a woman at the very front of the crowd, like in a wheelchair. I'm like, this is actually the first time I saw it. And that's why I reposted I it. Because I was like, oh, wow. It's like, you know, you never see this, especially uh, within like black art. You never really see like people like with such a variation. I think people, you know, when people are marketing these clothing and these brands and these campaigns, they're just kind of like, um, oh, well, we have a black person, we have an Asian person, we have this, we have that. So we're we're diverse. That's good. That's all we need. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, like, where's the rest of it? Because like, I mean, <laughs> diversity is like such a broad spectrum that it's almost mm-hmm. like it's never ending. So unless you're constantly reevaluating how you're marketing your brand, you're not really like hitting it on the mark per se. Oh, body positivity. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's move on to the next one. Social media. Yes. All right, so social media influences virtually every fabric of our lives and the information we receive around the world, about the world around us. Um, I mean, we've all, we're all of the generation where we've seen social media like start from MySpace and transgress into like Vine, Twitter, Instagram. What's the mood, like the latest popping one now? I don't know. Because it's not even, it's not even IG or. I mean, you know, Snapchat pretty much fell off. As it should have. And, and then, then, then they, yeah, then they, yeah, start posting crazy. I don't know what's going on over there in them offices. I, I don't either. <laughs> I'd be wondering, I'm like, y'all need to hire some new people to market for y'all because y'all over here losing literally billions of dollars mm-hmm. overnight. I don't even get on there that much anymore. Yeah, just use that filter, close it. Mm-hmm. But I take my pictures on there and I just right, close it out. Yeah, I don't go look at anybody's stories. I don't scroll to the right to look at like famous people's stories. Like, I don't care. No. Famous people not even really using it, you know. Mm-hmm. Insta stories like it now. I'm like, damn. And I, I don't know when that happened. I like, I just noticed. I was like, one day, I was like, dang, nobody posts on Snapchat anymore. And, and over Instagram, I'm like, oh, I was like, this is what you've been up to, okay. But yeah, so social media has been essential to bringing movements rooted in body positivity to the forefront of public attention, such as free the nipple, coverage of various slut walks happening around the world, um, stopping body shaming, addressing rape culture, etc. All which operate in some shape or form with body positivity to advocate for a more equitable and accepting and inclusive world. Mm -hmm. So I would even go as far as saying that the hashtag Black Girl Magic uh, celebrates body positivity because it talks about Black women. It talks about the fact that, you know, it actually um, spotlights Black women in the fact that we don't get that spotlight a lot of the Mm -hmm. time. And we've literally built that platform from the ground up for ourselves 
on Instagram and it's now being commodified by people who aren't black mm-hmm. for profit, which is a whole different conversation. And we'll talk about that <laughs> next season. Uh, <laughs> but what are your thoughts regarding these movements and how do you think social media outlets both broaden their scope and also sensationalize? And when I say sensationalize, I mean that totally in a negative way. So you have social media in the way that it brings... Um, these things and these movements and these ideas and these ideologies to the forefront of public attention. But it also, and this is just my opinion, I kind of feel like in some ways it um, cheapens them a little bit because it makes them so broad that people who don't really understand what the movement is about can now insert themselves into something that they don't actually understand. They taint it. They take away from like the integrity of the movement and the fact that they're not actually like pushing forward what it was supposed to mean. And we can argue that on both sides, like, well, people get to self-define. All right, cool. But where does your self-definition stop? And where does that actually align with what was actually supposed to be accomplished mm. in the first place? And that's what I got from it. When I um, when I look at social media, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, this movement has just become so big to where anybody is now claiming that they're body positive, but they really don't understand what that is mm-hmm. and have the same type of... Um, I guess beliefs that um, that it started uh, with, mm-hmm. and so that's why a lot of people, because um, I'm a part of the fat community, mm-hmm. um, a lot of us started uh, just say fat positivity now because a lot of fat people don't feel included in mm-hmm. the body positivity movement, and it's mm-hmm. like. You know, you have people who will be like, well, I'm body positive, but you shouldn't be fat or you shouldn't be. <laughs> but but you, but you should be but. healthy. And I'm like, so half you're not body, body positive. A third body positive. <laughs> I'm body positive. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Conditions. Here are the fine, here's the fine yeah, print. Like, yeah. yeah, like, but you shouldn't be this and you shouldn't be that. So it just becomes a thing of where, you know, people have separated themselves from it. Like when you have to start an entirely new movement, then it's a problem when you don't even feel included in something that everybody should be included in, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think social media does great things sometimes. And I mean, (laughs) (laughs) and and it's just, I mean, that is just, that's just the way it is. I mean, you know, uh, all these movements, they would have never, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't have had any idea this was an issue or, you know, a thing until they saw it on social media or saw a celebrity talking about it or, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it does help in the sense that it brings conversation. It helps people maybe understand a little bit more what other people might be going through. But at the same time, I don't know about you, but a lot of people take what they see on the internet as facts. And that's not that's always a problem, Alicia. And, yeah, and that's not always true. Cause I know, I mean, I look, I can sometimes I even talk to my mom. She's like, Yeah, I saw this on Facebook. And I'm like, Mom, that's not even true. <laughs> Just sharing yeah. it. Yeah, like you know, did you go and see like, oh my, oh yeah, somebody died today. And I Google it. I'm like, yeah, it says here that that's a hoax. And she was like, oh, well, they said it on Facebook. I was like, well, if you did another step and went to Google to really see if it was true, <laughs> then you would know that wasn't, you know. I had some real philosophical, uh, like, real, like, intellectual opinions about that shit. I feel yeah. like that's how we're being dumbed down and, like, getting misinformation. That's, yeah, it's that's like why people vote for Donald news. Trump because they see, like, Facebook Girl, shit. I would yeah, get the website and I'm like, I'm not sharing that. I don't, it's not even a real <laughs> <Yeah>. website. <laughs> misinformation. And it's like, Photoshop is getting into it now because people be making fake articles and all this stuff and it's like dang y'all really taking it real far just to lie to spread a rumor to spread misinformation and people take it 
on their merit as soon as they see it instead of really looking into things. And so it's like, it's social media is just a double-edged sword. You can get mm. great things out of it, but you can also get, you know, it's kind of, t- it's kind of poisonous at the same time. I would, uh, I would totally agree with that. And like I said, I kind of touched on this when I was asking the question, but for me, um, a great example, and I'm just going to kind of tie this back into body positivity, but a great example for me has always been Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter was started by three queer women uh, who have now been completely excluded from the Almost mm. in the sense, like, we acknowledge them as, like, as, as a footnote. Well, this is who created Black Lives Matter. Now, back to the black men that are being— I'm like, well, of course we want to talk about them, but what about all the black women and trans women that are being— the black children that are being murdered that we don't actually yep. talk about? And the intent, the people who actually created this movement— their intent was to talk about every black lived experience as it relates to police brutality. Yeah. But the only people that you see us really rallying in the streets for mm-hmm. are black men, which absolutely we should be doing that. But I would like to see the same type of energy put into everyone else as well. And I'll say the same thing about uh, body positivity. Um, I would consider myself body positive as well. <sighs> Because I fight certain aspects of my identity are inherently radical. I feel like the fact that I'm a black woman requires me almost to be body positive just because of the history of the way our bodies have been used for labor. Mm. How, you know, we have a history of like systemic and institutionalized rape in this country mm-hmm. for just various reasons. But I also, you know, I will say this, and this is probably very problematic, but I get a little annoyed when I get onto Instagram or social media and I look at some pictures and I see the body positive hashtag being used and I'm like, you're like, there's nothing that's socially, necessarily socially unacceptable about your body. Mm. And body positivity was created inherently to shine a light on the fact that there are people who are existing, who are being ostracized, marginalized, people who are, you know, literally can't find, like there are numerous accounts of people saying, I couldn't find a job because I felt like employers felt like I was too fat or employers knew I was trans or employers knew that, you know, like I said, again, you can tie race into that. And, you know, people not being able to, like, meet their basic everyday needs because of the way someone else perceives their body to be. And also sometimes because of the way they perceive themselves. And so I also, I just, I get kind of, while I advocate for everyone to be body positive, and I understand that body positivity comes in different forms and everyone should be body positive, I like what you've kind of consistently been saying throughout this episode about the theme of accepting yourself. And we both, we've all kind of been saying that, but the theme of self-acceptance, but also the theme of accepting others. Mm-hmm. Because if we're not accepting others, then body positivity stops with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And a body positivity is not an individualistic movement. It's a movement mm-hmm. of community. It's a communal movement, which requires us all to like look at each other, regardless of what our identity is, whatever intersections we have in our identity, and be like, okay, well, I accept you, period. Not I accept you anyways, I accept you, period. I think there's a way that you can be included in something and not take up the space. Right, right. You know, for for others. And I think that's why I kind of had mixed feelings about the movement recently because I just felt like it's evolved into a group where, I should say, in-betweeners who are conventionally um, attractive and who are probably a little bit below average as far as like size go. And it's like, okay, you're still, you're still small. You have, you know, you have a little cellulite. You might have, you know, stretch mark here or there. But there's nothing about you that isn't socially acceptable. Like, <laughs> and and you're trying to represent Girl. this movement. And mm-hmm. 
Like you're taking up space. And I so I feel the same way. Like some people may have issues with that, but at the same time, if, if we're talking about being inclusive, I don't want to see you all the time complaining that that people like some one guy in your comments said you were fat. Okay, so you have like a billion comments. In that one comment. In that one comment you decided to call out. And no one else really says that about you, but that one comment mm-hmm. got you like so yeah. upset about how you look when you're still socially acceptable, you're still conventionally attractive. Like yeah. I don't see how you're trying to really like push this agenda on everybody and represent everyone in this movement. And I mean, go. I'm going to touch on what both of y'all are saying and I'm going to tie it back to social media because I feel like this is also something that's kind of starting getting more limelight. What's acceptable for, I mean, we're going to go back to race, what's acceptable for certain races is, it, is it as acceptable as it is for others. So, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. like you said, Celeste, you know, as being a Black woman in the history of Black women, we've always, you know, had the curviness naturally. That's like a bit the, associated the butt, with us, for the, sure. The butt, the boobs, all that. We've always had that. Mm-hmm. But if we wear something, or even if we are naked on social media, we post a picture, it's going to get taken down. Within the within twenty four hours. Thank you for saying but, that. However, let Kim Kardashian Woo! post her naked titties on Woo! on in but the But Amber Rose's with picture her, get with, taken with off when she had a little hair. Yeah, with her, yeah, Amber yeah. Rose when she had her little peach fuzz. I still got that screenshot by the way because I knew it was gonna get taken down. <laughs> and and you know if somebody else was if somebody fair toned was to do the exact same thing. Just say thing. white. Just say white. If, if a white lady <laughs> was supposed white. to... I mean, I ain't gonna say because te- technically... The, I, mean, I, mean, I ain't gonna say white because technically the Kardashians ain't white. Even white though passing. We, white. People, we people... People be forgetting that, but I mean, it is what it is. I, but at the same time, but I, it's true. It's true. If we... If... If and that's, that goes right into you know people be like oh well they trying to take our lips they trying to take our boobs and stuff like that and I was like yeah because because America and society is okay with them doing that and they're okay with them looking like that we just can't do that uh, because I mean and and it's always been that way yeah, I think yeah. you have to look at and the history and, of like black women's bodies being just overly sexualized yes. period mm-hmm. throughout any type of genre you know right. it's just. So if she posts her picture, it's automatically just looked at Fashionable. as ex- yeah, it's explicit. Chic. But then when Kim Kardashian does it, or you know, some you know, oh, someone sorry, else was, who's yeah. who's white, it, they just they get a pass. It's it's high class. It's edgy. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's couture. It's couture. Yeah, yeah but you know, let, <laughs> let let a black woman or you know anybody darker do that, and it's it's trashy. You're a slut. You know, uh, you've opened up a can of worms, and I'm about <laughs> to jump, and I'm about to just spill that. Go all ahead, over the damn do table. it, do that, girl. So. Yeah, so the Kardashians, um, I love critiquing them because it's, I mean, they are pretty much at this point, it's such a large part of pop culture that we can't really talk about these types of issues without talking about the way that they, in so many ways, appropriate black culture and it's okay for them because even though they aren't white, and I won't say that because I know, well, Kylie and Kendall are white. Yeah, yes. they're white. Um, <laughs> the other three, the, the Holy Trinity, Chloe, Courtney, and Kim are, you know, they're half Armenian, half white. They're white passing in the spectrum of race as far as like what is acceptable. They're more towards white. the acceptable side than a lot of their counterparts who have similar bodies like Amber Rose, like mm. Black China, like Miracle Watts, no, no, like, no, 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 like I love her. Like, <laughs> I mean, she's cool, but I mean, I mean she's getting a little overboard, I feel like. Mm. Like Bria Miles. And I actually, because you said that, uh, I Bria, Bria. Miles. I- I love, I love her. Like that is like my. She's like, so beautiful. She's my muse. She's and so she, <laughs> she posted a picture where she's like on the beach and like she's like sitting forward. She's a thong on. Her mm-hmm. her cheeks are like on full display. 
but somebody reported the picture and the picture got taken off. Kim Kardashian, and again, this has to do with class because if you think of the social media platforms, who has more followers, who's more marketable, who has higher stock for them? Obviously, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian is also white, which also plays into her privilege. Mm-hmm. What kind of... uh money and earning power she has for them and for herself. Mm-hmm. And so that automatically kind of contributes to the fact that, well, of course they'll take down Amber Rose or Bria Miles pictures, but they'll leave up Kim Kardashian. And I think also, like I said, cultural appropriation is a bitch because the same things that we've had for years, like a black woman and not all black, you know, we want to be clear and say not all black women have big titties and fat asses. And mm-hmm. that's perfectly fine. Like your body is your body. Right. Your body is good enough no matter what, no right. matter how you look, it's good enough. So we want to make sure we say that and we want to make sure that we abide by that truth. But also I want to say, you know, historically speaking, because we've been so sexualized, like we have the jungle bodies and black women like to have sex and black women are wild, which is why you have, you know, Europeans traveling halfway across the world to these countries that have, you know, I'm let's just be honest, Brazil is a black country going to Brazil for the purpose of like prostitution and sex trafficking because of these really skewed racial ideas they have about black women's bodies and our sexual desires and, you know, our sexuality just in general. And so when we talk about bodies and we talk about um, like curviness and cultural appropriation and the fact that what we have, it's disheartening to me. This is why I don't like the Kardashians. It's no fault of their own. And maybe I should maybe I should reassess how I feel about them because I don't think they do mm-hmm. this shit on purpose. They really, I really don't think they do. I, I do not like the way the media and the world responds to them because I'm like, okay, like there have been women who've had that same body for years. Like when Beyonce, who is like the musician with the highest earning power in the world, goes to the CFDA and accepts an award and says, 12 years ago, I couldn't get couture fashion designers to fucking dress me because they said I was too curvy. I was too big. Then Kim Kardashian comes along. And of course, I know she's kind of had her struggles too, but like, she had a, a better segue. Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest, Kim Kardashian's always been rich. Mm-hmm. Beyonce's been like middle class. I wouldn't say she's been poor ever, but she's never, she, she didn't start off with like a silver spoon in her mouth the mm-hmm. same way that Kim Kardashian did. And when she gets on national TV, accepts an award and says, yeah, they wouldn't dress us, period. That is, that rubs me the wrong way. I'm like, okay, so you're telling me a woman with a similar body and so many others like her, so many other black actresses, like, I remember Jennifer Lopez when she first came up and um, she was doing Selena. She was getting her start in the entertainment industry. When she was dancing on, what's that show called? In Living Color. In Living Color. Baby was thick. She had <laughs> all the hips and all the ass. And so, you know, the fact that you notice once she went Hollywood and she became mainstream, she talks about this. She's like, they, they really like, they pretty much told me like, hey, you need to lose weight because you're too big. And if you look at her body, I'm like, no, like... Her waist is like a 24, mm. but she has hip, hips and like a butt. But I'm like, as far as like that, she's like, you know, she's pretty conventionally small as far as my understanding of what conventionally small is. And the fact that she has to like literally say, she said, she like, she's like, you know, I made it possible for girls like Kim Kardashian to come and to be popular. She's like, I've been had ass. Mm-hmm. So like, I've been like, I've been J-Lo from the mm-hmm. block. Like, <laughs> so it's just, it, it does rub me the wrong way that, now all of a sudden it's so acceptable and they treat this shit like it's this new revolutionary it is. thing. And I'm like, it, they, yeah. that's what really annoys me. I'm like, wait a minute. And they're willing, and then furthermore, let's like get down to like the real issue here. They're making money off of that shit. Mm, money, money that money that, you know, money. black and uh 
Lat- Latina girls and like you know Hispanic we women will never see. Yeah, we never see. We like we invent like y'all. I'm like you know the whole Instagram aesthetic, Instagram models. Black women started this shit. We started rings, came straight, rings, long came straight from, from, yeah, came straight the from little, the little that. squat poses. Yeah, and all came straight squat, from that. Like, got your ass. I'm like, girl, we've been doing that since like. True. I remember watching music videos coming up, seeing video girls looking looking like that. No, literally like the around the way girls. That's like, everybody on Instagram now. Like any non-black Instagram model. You know, fashion over girl, Tim's and Coogee. I'm like, what? <laughs> that they all look the same, and it's it's that hood girl aesthetic. Absolutely, and I'm like, but you, you know, can't do hood though. Mm-mm. Bingo, and you will never see any like. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. It bothers me, and it goes kind of goes back to like you know capitalism and the fact that we don't really see any of that earning power. We know that that money will never be filtered back to us, and that's the biggest problem. I don't have a problem with you having cultural appreciation. There's a difference between cultural appreciation. And cultural appropriation. Mm. I would say appropriation, that line is when you're taking earning power away from black and uh, people of color and you're not acknowledging the fact that all of your inspiration mm-hmm. came from a community that is marginalized, that you're now being praised for, something mm-hmm. that like, you know, the we, we weren't we weren't able to get job. Like literally, that's why I'm not okay when I see uh I don't like, you know, I'm just, I'm going to be honest. I don't like really seeing like people who aren't black with like box braids and shit. Cause I'm like, you know, yeah, (laughs) I didn't say it, but I thought about it. And I I mean, I, for real, like, I'm like, you know, like there's a Supreme court ruling right now. Yeah, that saying they can, that they're 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 gonna be okay with people not getting jobs because they have dreads. yeah, like I could literally go in with my natural hair and be denied a job or or wear cornrows or wear my you know box mm-hmm. braids, and and it's it's people getting sent home from school, expelled, sus, you know, suspended from school because of their hair. Them telling, yet, telling black children to change their hair or get out. Yeah, but then yet when when they do it, it's it's something that's edgy. It's something that's cool, and, and then they and they treat it like a trend. Yeah, that's another thing. They take our culture, yeah. like our culture is being treated like, like it's a trend. Like, yeah. no, it's not. This is like, and I mean, we take care, this is like, how we <laughs> take care of our hair, actually. <laughs> no, and I mean, all of that ties back into body positivity and all the various ways that it isn't always inclusive. And so I'm like, you know, that ties into the fact that, like, well, Kim Kardashian can have a big old fat ass, like somebody else, you know, can't. Yeah, no, somebody else can't. Somebody else is considered like, if you look like, oh, you look dumpy, like. I cannot tell you. Um, I mean, we've seen this in the past, like because everything goes viral now, so we have access to all this. Mm-hmm. The teacher, the weather woman. Oh yeah, um, Demetria. Yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah, she working Dallas. Yes, yes. Demetria. Oh, oh, I can't even pronounce her last name. But. Yes, I can't remember what channel she's on, but like the, yeah. the picture of NBC, maybe. Look, I, I think it is know. NBC. I don't know. <laughs> but like her, I really don't know. you know, her and her red dress, like just. Doing her job. And these people complaining, she needs to change her clothes. Her clothes are too tight. I'm like, no. I've even gotten that. I mean, I'm And honest. she ain't got, and, and it's crazy because her dresses, they literally come down to her knee, like sometimes past her knee. They don't show any cleavage. And, and yeah, no titties be out, no, nothing. Yeah, I follow her on Instagram and she dresses really cute and I don't see any difference of what she wears as opposed to how the other, you know, women on the news stations look. I just mm-hmm. think because her body type is different, it became, it becomes an issue. Yeah, same, same thing with, with that teacher. Same thing with the teacher. Like, if you looked at her outfits... Um, Long skirt. She's completely covered. Pencil and I mean, skirt. like, you can't... I mean, this is the thing. It's like, you can't... If you have a body, like, as far as, like, you have, like, a butt. And I keep saying you have a body. I don't... I gotta, like, even 
reteach and unlearn things myself. Like if you have a certain type of body Mm -hmm. and your butt is bigger, your hips are bigger, you have bigger breasts, you know, it is, it's one of those things where your, your body is automatically associated with sex. Mm -hmm. And I think it also ties into patriarchy because women aren't supposed to take up too much space. We're supposed to be in the background. So, you know, men are uncomfortable for too, you're too curvy, you're too big. Well, it's like they almost like, it's like a a trigger for them. Like you can't, you know, you can't look a certain way because it's like you take up too much space. And and it goes, it ties also right into like, oh, now you're doing too much. It's like, oh, now you're, now you're too big. You know, your butt's too big. Your hips are too wide. Mm -hmm. And it's like, some women legitimately are like like that naturally. And then some people, they take an extra step and make it that way. I mean, even I said it earlier and I said, oh, like trying to get a look going a little too far. But I mean, at the end of the day, if that's what she's happy with doing, that's what she's happy with doing. But everybody else in society is saying it's not okay. See, that's the issue. Is like, is it? It's not our job to police other people. Yeah. Like you know, Black China can do whatever the fuck she wants with her body. Honestly, it's and her, whether and it's I her like money. it or not, it's my business, right? And that's not my business to exert onto her, right? But like, if that's what if that's her body, and that's what she wants to do with her body. Then I think within talking about more power to her, then and with it, and within talking about body positivity. We have to acknowledge uh, choice, which, mm-hmm. I mean, leads us into our next question. But we can keep going here if y'all would like to. I mean, we can go all day. <laughs> Media all day. Yeah, we can go all day. But. Girl. Okay. Well, this one, this next question, we'll definitely probably go all day with this one. So, first off, I had to explain this before because this question is kind of like, but what role does personal agency, when I say agency, I say choice, play in how body positivity is enacted and portrayed. So for example, uh, you have cosmetic surgery, you have people who go um, through like drastic weight loss, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Like these different things that people experience, things that people elect to do, choose to do. Um, And kind of how does like personal motivation, which is another type of agency, how does that play into, you know, how people choose to enact and portray body positivity? So... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know who's gonna go you, mm. I'll let you go first okay <laughs> do you want to go first or do you want me I to mean go? it don't even it don't it doesn't matter I can go I can go um you don't have to go for I can no. go first too so I mean you can it, it's up to you it's your show it's your world come Girl, on <laughs> well, this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna say a few things here just okay. to us worm dip and then y'all can dive in um I think personal choice and personal agency absolutely has to play into body positivity. I think personal motivation is also something that we have to look at when we talk about body positivity, because this is kind of um, my understanding of like choice is like, I always want to make sure first off that people have choice. I want to make sure I have choice that when my daughter gets here and she starts, you know, she comes out with the body. Your body is the one thing that you have coming into the world. Mm-hmm. That she has a healthy self-perception and that she has, you know, agency and choice over what she wants to do with her body. And I think um, we have to acknowledge that. We have to really understand, like, personal motivation because I think it's okay to want to change yourself. Mm-hmm. I think you also want to look at why you want to change yourself, right? Because I think... Um, Motivation to change can either be a really healthy thing or it can sometimes be really harmful. Mm -hmm. And so I think also we have to like, it's kind of like also that line in talking about, well, where do we and do we have the privilege and the right to actually 
make that choice about what is the right personal kind of motivation for wanting to do so on and so forth. And so I think ultimately my answer will probably be no. Um, I think, well, shit, can I say that? Because it's one of those things where I, you know, I see this a lot. Um, Girls wanting to look a certain way because they saw somebody else look that way. And so while I feel like body positivity is good in the fact that like, if you feel like you change your body, you'll feel better about yourself. But then also, where does that stop? Because this is the thing about bodies. Bodies go through trends. Mm -hmm. And historically, because that's what my background is in, history. (laughs) You see like over the past like thousand years, 500 years, really over the past 500 years where certain body types, certain type of clothing have been more acceptable. So at one point in time, your size was associated with class. If you were skinny, your ass was broken, poor. Yep. You're probably a peasant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you was fat, then you was healthy, and then you had you a healthy get all the food. You, mm-hmm. you were probably a queen. Yeah. So like you can get what all whatever you want anytime you want. Anytime you want. And um, I mean, uh, just talking about that and just talking about the way bodies have changed. Even like you look at the 1950s, as far as like the average woman size back then, and then you see the 20s when fashion when Twiggy came onto prominence and Twiggy was like really small and petite and short. And that's what everyone wanted to be like. And um, I think in talking about personal motivation, you also have to take it like and put that into historical context. Like, okay, well, are you actually asking yourself why you want to do this? Why you want to look a certain way? And what is the stopping point for you wanting to constantly change your body? Which again is your choice, Mm -hmm. which choice plays into body positivity But at the same time, is what you're doing purely motivated by like what you want to do or what you see? Mm. That's why I always talk about social media. I always talk about media platforms and different mediums of like um, photography, news outlets, so on and so forth, because we're bombarded with so much stuff that I think that, I mean, that honestly does really affect and socialize us to think a certain way especially about ourselves and our bodies, especially about our bodies. Mm-hmm. So now that I kind of like put that out there, <laughs> y'all feel, y'all ready to kind of dive in now? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, you still want me? Yeah, I think I agree with everything you said because I know for me when I was younger, um, everything that I wanted to change about me was negatively motivated. It was, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're too big or, you know, my sister has a bigger ass than me. And I was always jealous. And I was like, I'm going to get ass implants when I get older. (laughs) That was literally my like thing because I feel like culturally it was like black people have ass Mm. and everywhere I went, it was just like, I didn't have any ass compared to like anybody else. And I'm just like, what the hell? (laughs) Like what, like why? So for me, everything that I did want to change about myself, I feel was negatively uh, motivated when I thought about it. Like, why are you really trying to change what mm-hmm. you're doing? It wasn't because I honestly just wanted to change it. It was, it was, it was influenced by something, mm-hmm. you know, or who the people around you or stuff that you see on TV. I was like, oh well, girls with the big booties, they be getting, you know, men's attention. And I was like, <laughs> let me make sure, mm-hmm. you know, I got some, you know, some ass. And it's like, okay. We're going to have to, like, really look into why you feel this way about your body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I can make those choices if I want. Like, I could still go give me some some ass implants. Turn <laughs> <laughs> um, <Start> up, girl. <laughs> we, we, we don't know what the future holds. Mm-hmm. But, um, but really understanding, like, why 
like I would want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's super important. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm I sorry. Girl, you just helped me segue right into it. <laughs> everything I was going to say, um, especially about the butt thing. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. I The main reason, probably, I don't know, Celeste, you can change what I'm about to say. But the main <laughs> reason why I am here today is because I have had plastic surgery. I've, have, I've had cosmetic surgery. I've had a BBL. Okay. Um, but can, you, can you tell us what that actually stands BBL, for? BBL. BBL stands for Brazilian butt lift. Okay. Um, and for anyone that's not, because I do be, I still have to educate people. And I actually don't mind it, um, educating people, but I'll go into that later. So a BBL is basically a fat transfer um, of your own fat. So you're going to, you go into um, the surgery, they take fat from areas that you don't want it and they put it to where you do want it. And a BBL is, you know, usually abdomen, stomach, back, and then they transfer it to your hips and your butt. Um, Sometimes they might take it out of your thighs. You know, it just depends on the doctor, depends on what your problem areas are. Um, And it's the safest way to do things um, and I know if people, have heard, you know, forever and ever and ever people hear about butt shots, butt shots, butt shots. Most of the time, if you hear somebody say they got ass injections or butt shots, that shit was illegal. That shit is not safe. It is. Cardi sorry. B talks about. I'm just, yeah, yeah. Cardi, Cardi talks about it. There's there's actually a number of women lately, even I mean, K. Michelle, mm-hmm. um, who have gone back under the knife to get those ass injections removed because they have complications later down in the road mm-hmm. um, because it's. Basically, like, like like industrial silicone or something that they fucking s- stick in your ass with a big ass needle, and I don't understand why people think that's safe. And then you know, people be like, "Oh yeah, your ass probably hard as a rock," and all this other stuff. And like, "Oh, what'd you put in it?" And it's like, it was my own fat from my stomach. Mm-hmm. It jiggles like fat's supposed to jiggle, <laughs> like you know. And I mean, and shit. I'm to be honest with you, some of the fat didn't survive, and that's just kind of comes with the territory. I mean, you move in it from its home location to somewhere else, so it does have to take time, healing, and things like that for it to really set. Uh-huh. And I mean, yeah, I was swollen, so it was hard for a while. But shit, that shit kind of moved now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and <laughs> and um, you know, I, I touch it; it feels it feels real. And I mean, to some people, that shit might be fake. Okay, and that's fine if you feel that that way. To other people, they're like, oh, well, then that's natural. You know, it's your own fat. And that's cool too. But I, and it's just now recently becoming something that's more acceptable because celebrities do it, mm-hmm. and celebrities are being more open about it. But cosmetics are in plastic surgery as a whole is still very taboo very taboo very taboo Mm -hmm. and people don't like to talk about it because most of the time people feel like if you go to such drastic measures to change your body it is because you are negatively motivated like you said Mm -hmm. or you hate yourself Mm -hmm. or something like that and people are the first ones to say and this goes back to the genetics thing and that's why i resonated with it so much girl and people are always say well why don't you just work out why don't you just do, do squats? squats? Yes. Why don't you just do squats? I, honestly, I mean, I, y'all can't see me, but listen, I, like I said, when I first got <laughs> on here, I've been, I've been an athlete all my life. I, I came up playing soccer, basketball, volleyball, like all the sports, all the sports. You don't think I ever did no squats before? You was probably hitting a few hundred a day, probably. Man, what? I had, on, I did two a days 
That, by not by choice. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, first, first at the beginning, you do you know your regular workout, then you go lift weights. And yeah. of course, I'm doing squats, I'm doing squats, doing splits, doing lunges, doing all that. All the cardio. Like and all I was, yeah, I was, like, I was even in track, and you know, track people. People think you know you get you you run track. You got that typical track body. You know, the slim you know stomach and the big old booties and the thighs and stuff like no. that. So yeah, okay, yeah, let's do some squat. Do, do some squats. You know what I got out of squats, Celeste? You know what I got out of squats? Some nice thighs. Some nice thighs. My ass was still flat, bro. It yeah. was it was pretty flat. And y- yes, probably coming up because I've I've wanted to get bigger, but like you said, almost all, I want to say probably as long as I can remember, I've mm-hmm. always wanted a bigger butt. And yeah. I'm pretty sure coming up it wasn't for the most positive reasons. But once I got older, especially once I started actually looking into getting the surgery and talking and doing consultation ugh, consultations and things like that. The first thing they ask you is like, okay, so why are you here? Like, why do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I just want to, you know, I want a small stomach, you know, I want to, you want this and you know, cause you know, they're going to make you, they're going to make you exactly how you want to exactly how that girl on Instagram is. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how people think it works. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not how that works. And then they, and they're going to be honest with you too. Most doctors are honest with you. If you go down that road, they're going to tell you like, okay, well, let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. realistic yeah. about what your results may look like yeah. and why are you really here because what you want and what you get might not change mm-hmm. how you feel about yourself like mm-hmm. you said mm-hmm. and so where does it stop that's when you start seeing people keep going back to these plastic surgeries and getting more and more and more and then it kind of looks starts looking a little alien after a while <laughs> oh my god or you know what I'm saying like shoot he goes all the way back to shoot we start with Michael Jackson his nose. Yeah. It's, and so it's it's like you just kind of have to have those right reasons and the right foundation to start off with. Mm-hmm. So once you do start making your changes with your body, you are happy. You are satisfied. And, and honestly, you really need to be happy beforehand mm-hmm. because going through the transition is a lot on you on you. In, in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, you have recovery time. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when you were recovering I remember your recovery, like your whole stages of recovery and like it's a lot that goes into place and people don't, under, I don't think people always understand like you can die in plastic surgery. This is a major mm. surgery. You go under people the People die knife, like, all the time. You're in anesthesia. Like this is, you know, you take anesthesia. What is it? Anesthesia. Yeah. You get put <laughs> under. You get put you under, under the knife. <laughs> I, in, in some places, I can, I can talk plastic surgery all day. Some, if you go overseas, it's cheap girl, but sometimes, look, girl, in the Dominican yes. Republic, they give you roofies to put your ass to sleep. Yes, and so over in Colombia, and over in Colombia, they give you an epidural. So you awake uh, the whole time? No, I mean not necessarily. I'm sure they. I mean, I think you do go to sleep at some point, but they. But while you're awake, you get that epidural first to numb your ass, and then they start, you know, doing all the other stuff. But like, yeah, it's just. I mean, in in the states, of course, it's gonna be more expensive. They gonna have an anesthesiologist there, uh-huh. you know, to actually put you to sleep and stuff like that. But yeah, you just gotta do. I just feel like. People want things for the wrong reasons. And so once you start doing research, you can realize like, okay, well, do you really want this? Is this really what you want? Because this might not be what you want, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, you said a lot there. A lot of really Yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of... No, you're good. <laughs> Don't apologize. Um, I think that's why I really like to talk about self-motivation and personal motivation because I think uh, when you have a health... Like when you have a healthy self-perception of yourself... And you're not changing things based off of what you think you're supposed to look like or based off of motivations like, well, this is what I need to look like in order to be attractive, mm-hmm. which, you know, again, ties into the politics of desirability and who, are you, who specifically are you trying to look desirable for? Are you trying to look desirable for men? Mm-hmm. Like, are you like, what are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And especially when we talk about celebrities, I, I mean, there are thousands and thousands of accounts of celebrities being told, well, you're not going to make it unless you change this, this, or that, or the other. Like uh, Cardi B. Her who teeth. I, well, her teeth. And then like, <laughs> she has this interview where she talks about, she's like, you know, before I started stripping and really getting into this industry, she thought that I had a really nice body. She's like, I was really pleased with myself. She's like, I liked myself. She was like, um, then I started working in the strip clubs. And I, I was on the New York strip, strip club scene, which is like a really like, really big strip club scene. And she was talking about um, how I started seeing most of the girls that were actually making money every night had really, really big asses. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, it got to the point where I started feeling insecure. And she's like, I felt like I needed to get, you know, some type of alteration done to my ass. And so she was like, I ended up going and getting shots. And she said to this In somebody's day, basement. Yeah, somebody's mm-hmm. basement. She's like, it's on some real shady, shicey type of mm-hmm. shit. And she was like, you know, I, to this day, I don't know what's in my ass. She's like, the shit might kill me eventually. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I know there was someone, uh, this girl who was doing a lot of Instagram models. Amber Rose is even said to have visited her on the request, by the request of Kanye, which, bless his heart. Just get out the sunken place, Kanye. Um, <laughs> and, you know, really, these girls going to this woman, they come to find out she was, she was shooting cement. Actual cement into these yeah. girls' asses. Yeah. And so literally, like, the whole, like, your ass is, like, uh, rock hard. It comes from, like, the idea that, like, there were literally these backdoor surgeons, almost kind of like the way that they, you know, that they used to do abortions. These backroom surgeries happening in, like, these cheap, seedy motels and shit mm-hmm. where they're shooting, like, concrete into these girls' asses. I mean, a more contemporary example of this— I don't know if you guys watch She's Gotta Have It. Yes, um, that she, episode. Yes. And she like is dancing because she's like, she was also working that in the air. That was painful to watch. That was, oh my God. painful to watch. What? Like it wasn't even real. And I was like, oh my yes. gosh. Oh, <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I was just sitting like, oh, what the fuck? I was like, she like laid on the bed I was, and then the, oh my the lady gosh. just took was, the needle and it was I like intense. No, it's, like, it wasn't even, it's like an industrial caulking needle that she used for like construction. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, like. And, and it's crazy because I mean, I'm I'm a part of the plastic surgery community. It's a very big community, by the way. Like it is. that's what I'm saying. People don't know people. This is so common that people, but people just don't know that plastic surgery is common because most people, I would say, almost eighty percent of people get plastic surgery, and it's natural. It's to you know for a na- more natural effect than it is to be like the Kim Gar- Kim Kardashian look, look uh, like slight alterations that people can't really tell that you've had right. done. Yeah, okay. like you know, for instance, boob jobs. Those are the biggest thing. But I mean, I ain't gonna go keep going down that road. But I mean, <laughs> in the plastic surgery, they they addressed you know that conversation with that episode, and they were like, and it was just crazy to see how many people were like, that's accurate. Like that's how it works. You come in, you come into some hotel room. You don't know who any of those people are. You pay cash. And you you pay up front and you lay on the bed and you don't get they give you like some Advil or something for for pain and and you Advil. lay on the bed and, and aspirin boom. aspirin yeah and boom you done like you don't know if imagine. anything's been disinfected you don't know mm-hmm. what they putting in you like and so it's just and they don't want you asking no questions they what they're doing is illegal so like honestly. I mean, at so many different levels, it's really a liability to you. Mm-hmm. Not just like your health and your body, but like, you know, these people are making cold, hard cash. They don't want you asking no type of questions to Mm-mm. them. They don't want no people that have died. Mm-hmm. Trying to get surgery. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, even regular surgery. Yeah. I mean, I think really um, personal agency, just to kind of tie it back to the question, 
is really important when we talk about body agency, just simply for the fact that um, <laughs> your the way that you perceive yourself is automatically going to be the basis and the foundation for the way that you enact body positivity, right? So if your self-perception is in any way negative, then you will project that type of thought and that type of energy onto the next person who may have completely different motivations for wanting to be body positive, so on and so forth. So, oh, cosmetic surgery. Um, I mean, we can we can move because I know not everybody is. No, 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 no. But I'm, I mean, I I totally like wanted that perspective and I wanted you to talk about it if you, if you felt comfortable. And obviously you did because you just educated us. Man, a lot of I, I, I didn't know. I have no problem educating people because a lot of people are misinformed. And that's the reason why I mentioned the misinformation mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. because people just assume a and lot of sensationalize things. sensationalize a lot too. Like yes. in the media as far as like, she had this done and yeah. this done. And then one of the... um. One person I always really like to talk about a lot is Lil' Kim. Because mm. I love her. First of all, I love her so much. I'm such a huge fan of hers. But um, she has like extensively talked about the reason she has had so much plastic surgery to the point where she like literally is unrecognizable from what she used to look like in the is 90s. It, is it true that she was really doing that to look like Faith Evans? Okay, so I, ooh, this is juicy. I, so this Girl, is the first time I've heard this. That's what I, I heard. heard yeah, I heard, heard it. I heard different things. I heard it was because partly faith but i think it was more of the men that she dealt with that's what i've heard it's more so about the men she was dealing with talking about lighter skin so she Mm -hmm. didn't feel as if she was as beautiful and then you have to look at you know how the movie portrayed her as Mm -hmm. you know kind of pining away for biggie and he just kind of like dumped her for faith who was light skin and uh yeah so they had that and then you know I, i think she may and i don't know like again i i I don't know. She hasn't really talked about this extensively, but she was kind of upset with the fact that um, what's the girl? Her name is. She's in power, and she was also Terry Norton. Yes, mm-hmm. I love her. Mm-hmm. Yes, she can. Sing, she though. she really can. She <laughs> kind of got. She um she was quoted as saying she didn't like the fact that they got someone so dark to play her. And I'm like, well, Kim, like you're that's brown. what you looked like, girl. You were brown. Like right. you may not have been exactly <laughs> the same shade of brown that she was, but like you were a brown girl. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think, and this is like I said, this is like. Uh, my perception of what she looked like, I thought she was really beautiful. She was. And I she mean, was cute. She's super cute. And so now that she's really extensively, she's extensively, extensively talked about the men in her life and how she never has felt like, she literally has never felt good enough. Um, men, various men in her life, she felt like they always left her for someone who looked a certain way, matched a certain aesthetic, had longer, straighter hair lighter skin mm-hmm. and she said that really motivated me in a lot of ways to want to go under the knife to want you know to basically completely transform the way that I look and so I think um and talking about her she's a really perfect example of like what can happen when you have money and you seek out cosmetic surgery for reasons that aren't always the healthiest mm-hmm. and like I said this is my thing is like if you feel like you look good now more power to you, but who are you comparing yourself to? And are you capable of like holding or finding the same type of value that you find in your new lighter self, more, you know, curvy self in women that are still darker, less curvy, you know, women that look different than you? Are you still able to place that same value, the same value that you would place in yourself now that you have your new body? Can you place it on the same uh, or on different women that look differently from you? And if you can't, then I would say the answer is like, then no, you're not body positive, right? right? So, yeah, I, I completely agree. But that, and it's exactly the same in reverse. Or since I feel like altering your body has become so common now, 
the natural body movement has also become increasingly popular. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm better than you because I got this naturally. I, I'm better than you. Or I, I, you know, it's almost like they're putting more value on people who don't get surgery and things like that. Because no, they are. They absolutely are. I, and, absolutely. and even today, I'm... Angela Simmons posted her little swimsuit picture, and I have it pulled up because I because somebody let me look at a girl, girl all natural. <laughs> yes, and she. Po- I, I think mean, I and that's cool that. and all. I mean, and yeah, I'm, I mean, girl, you look great. We all know you look great, you know, and you did, you had a kid, great. That's all cool. But for your caption to say "real bodies matter, no Photoshop, cellulite to prove it," humble. Hashtag humble. Uh, girl, what they, they tore his ass a new one when he said that shit too. They were like. What do you mean? A natural stretch. But I'm like, you know, and then, I, I mean, as they like, we want to critique. Everybody deserves to be critiqued. Right. Everybody, and especially when you're a celebrity, you will not escape critique. Oh, yeah. And so I think, um, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think body positivity, like we said in the very beginning, it's not about whether you've altered your body in some way. Because, I mean, altering can also be drastic weight loss, mm-hmm. whether you did that cosmetically or you did it naturally. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also, within those certain situations, um, prioritizing the people that did it naturally when well, you did it naturally and she she cheated mm-hmm. she got gastric bypass or she got lipo she cheated and it's like you know body positivity isn't body positivity unless like I keep saying this mm-hmm. and I'm like I just wish the world at large unless we're being intersectional unless we're being inclusive and like an accepting of people and their agency and their 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 way of choosing to do what they want to do with their healthy motivations or whatever their motivations may be, accepting them regardless. You know what I'm saying? And so the fact that like Angela Simmons would post that picture, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, cool. But like, damn, like, is it is it necessary for you to shit on anybody who didn't exactly. naturally have that? Is exactly. Is that necessary? And then also, I feel like that also makes people, I mean, shoot, you un- unnecessarily making people feel bad at the same time. It's like, why are you shaming people that made their own decisions to, you know, make improvements on themselves? I don't feel like, like, you know, I feel like a lot of women in my community just they make changes because they want to it's like because they want to mm. i mean well so it's a thing of where nobody has ever shamed naturally you know like no one yeah. has ever shamed that so i don't see what the point of pointing out yeah that's why what you, and that's you, why know, you said it doesn't, earlier. i remember you like said it that doesn't earlier. make sense because like you, why are you pointing you, out you're your... not yeah like you haven't been oppressed because right. <laughs> your natural and body like, like light skin rich yeah like okay like, come bundles on, for days girl, I'm like, the best bundles on. for days girl, like, like, come okay. on. and the best personal trainers because you know best nutritionists yeah. all that stuff because you Access got the money to do that. it you Access got the money to do it yeah so you can be natural always been rich always just like him i mean it's the same it's it's kind of almost the same it's the same dichotomy it's like, okay, well, you can afford to be natural. Mm-hmm. You can hire someone to cook all your meals every day. Bitch, I'm eating craft macaroni for lunch because, like, I don't have no damn money. Like, I got bills to pay. Like, I mean, shoot. Like, you yeah. know, like, I think, I think, I think what a lot of people do, and that, that's what annoys me too, is a lot of times people try to, like, uplift themselves <laughs> By when they are already. When they're already up there, like, I don't understand, like, what what you're gaining out of this. Like, when we talk about, like, colorism, I'll see, like, people on Instagram post about, like, like, like team light skin and this and that. It's like, you're already desired. I don't see why you feel the need. Like, when they did the whole, um, I think we talked about, like, Black Girl Magic. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people were getting upset because um, some lighter skin 
black women or biracial black women were trying to take over the hashtag and they were like, no, like this is to highlight darker skin. And I'm like, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I didn't have any issue black with that girl, because I'm I mean, like, yeah, you would think black girl went all black. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, no. And, or like melanin. It's like, I'm never going to post a picture. Like just be like, I have melanin, but right. I'm never going to post a picture and and be like melanin because it's not for like yeah. I don't need to do that like I don't see right I, like, I, don't I feel you I feel you I, I, so I understand funny. where you're coming oh, from God. because no one has ever like in my whole life no one has ever got onto me about my skin color and I've never been oppressed yeah in the community mm-hmm. Because of my skin color. I'm not mm-hmm. going to get on here and be like team light skin and melanin and this and that. But it's it's unnecessary. No it one is, has ever right. said light skin is not the thing to be. No one's ever said light skin is just bad. Yeah. You know, it's like no one has ever done that. So no, like for her right. to get on her social media and act like people shame naturalness is is ridiculous. Yeah. I or mean, stretch marks um, and say it like that's literally the forefront of body positivity yes. right now. People who look just like her. If right. she has some stretch marks right now. Like people wow. look just like her taking a picture saying, oh, I'm natural and I got cellulite and stretch marks. Like, okay, you're still socially acceptable. So you're not really right. Shoot. contesting Still anything. got Gotti coming, trying to come after you and stuff. <laughs> right. Right. DMs and stuff. I saw right. a comment. They was like, where's, where's Gotti? You're right. Yeah. For real. Where he at? We I mean, look girl. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I totally agree. Like I said, I, I really think that's an interesting dichotomy because when you talk about in comparison to like Kim Kardashian or other high-profile people who have had cosmetic surgery. Um, even Kylie Jenner, who's openly admitted to having cosmetic surgery. Um, well, after well, some, we had to... They all kind of uh, didn't want to admit it because for the longest time, like, I never really watched the show. Right. But I think I was watching it with someone who... I forgot because I don't even watch the show, but I seen one particular episode where... She got, uh, Kim Kardashian got Botox like one time. And that's mm-hmm. literally was her story. She was like, I've only gotten, I haven't gotten any cosmetic surgery ever. <sighs> but this Botox is one time that my mom, like, we went in to go try. Girl. And you literally look at her pictures. I'm like, you cannot lie anymore. We see your pictures. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't even have to lie. It's not a thing that you need to lie about. Look at your beginning pictures years. and look at how you look now. You Absolutely. cannot say that you've only had one thing of Botox because there's no such thing. Once yeah. you start getting it, you got to yeah. keep it up yeah. or it's going to... Yes, and that's and that's real true. That's real true. And so that's a huge... it's like you don't even need to lie about it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think I that's mean, what people, makes people, people mad when you lie about it. Yeah, that, and that's exactly. It's like the okay, thing. you had thin lips and you felt like didn't nobody want to kiss you, so you <laughs> went and got lip injections. Like why are you like I don't get why you needed to lie about it because we clearly see that you have your different lips, lips is big now, girl, and they went long. That's like not that. that's not drawing like that's not outlining your lips. I don't understand why people lie. I mean, I do understand why people lie about it because I mean, it just, it just, everybody has a, not everybody. A lot of people have negative perception of it. Well, it's so and ostracized. That's why people, yes. Yeah. And that's why people try to lie about it. And that's why people are now picking and choosing what they lie about and what they do and don't lie. I think there was uh, in the, there's within the plastic surgery community. So y'all might have not have seen it. I can't remember which celebrity it was, but you know, she has just, she was t- on there talking about, oh, it was uh, Tammy. Um, oh, Rivera. Yes. Okay. With, with um, Flocka's wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She had just got a breast reduction and, and um, so did Amber Rose. And she was all on there talking about like, oh yeah, I'm recovering and doing well and things like that. And you can go in the comments, you see people be like, well, why aren't you telling everybody about the lipo you also got? You know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, why aren't you talking about all or the you stuff mean that the you implant removal? Right, right. <laughs> why aren't you? Why aren't you talking about all the other stuff that you got 
as well as your breast reduction. And it's like, it's okay if you got lipo, girl. A lot of people get lipo. And a lot of people go get lipo again. It's yeah. okay. Like Again, it's just like, it's such a weird, it's such, it's so like, it deserves a lot of dialogue and conversation just because, first off, to like be, I think like Angela Simmons naturally pretty like, and to like even have access to cosmetic surgery requires a certain access and a certain class that most people, the average everyday person does not have. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about like Angela Simmons, well, yeah, you have a nutritionist and then it's like Kim Kardashian, well, hell yeah. If you, but then what's also interesting is the inability and the desire to want to keep all of it so hush and underground. And it's because once again, natural bodies are always like prioritized. Mm-hmm. But what's so interesting is like, you want natural bodies, but then you shame women to the point where they feel like they have no other option mm-hmm. but to get cosmetic surgery. And that's right. always like... Because even a natural body has to look a certain way. Yes. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, damn, you have a natural body aesthetic. You have a plastic body aesthetic. And I say plastic body. I kind of, I don't even really like saying that phrase, but like even like getting cosmetic and plastic surgery, you're ultimately, the ultimate goal is to like look natural. So I'm like, but then, but you don't actually like, you don't really appreciate natural bodies as the full spectrum of what they really are. Yeah. And, and, um, just a little bit more background as far as like getting surgery, you always, doctors always want you to come in there with wish picks of what you would want to look like. And of course you go, oh, wow. Yeah. So of course you will. So I want you to actually bring like pictures of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Or, oh, shit. or I mean, I didn't go in there with no wish pics because I, I was kind of like, you know, I wanted to just kind of describe it and let her do her thing. My, let my doctor do her thing. But wish pics are a thing. It's mm-hmm. called wish pics. Like oh, you find gosh. people who have the body that you want and you take it to your doctor and you're like, I want to look like this. And they do their best. But I mean, at the end of the day, like <laughs> most of the time, those wish picks are people who've also gotten surgery. They ain't what they also look like. I Like, come on. Ooh, I, Lord. Like, yeah. Amber, you think if people got, people bring Amber Rose in as they wish pick, Amber ain't always look like that. I mean, well, she always was a little thick, you know, a little thicky, but you know, she, mm-hmm. she may not, she wasn't always where she is now. Mm-hmm. And you know, whoever else got, you know, the ideal ideal and I'm I'm putting my air quotes up uh, <laughs> body type or body shape they may not be natural you don't know if they are natural because they ain't never said nothing mm-hmm. but you taking it to your own plastic surgeon and you saying I want to look like her mm-hmm. shoot that was probably their plastic surgeon they probably oh yeah girl I did that work she look good don't she yeah I <laughs> that's do that. so funny right you know what I'm saying so I mean that's just the kind of the thing that it happens so often people I think it's just ingrained in certain communities at this point for you to look to other people as far as a body type that is ideal. Yeah. So, okay. Ooh, goodness. So I want to, I kind of want to switch gears, just kind of like to tie us up a little bit and go ahead and start wrapping us up. Um, So I wanted to talk about just certain people, just certain case studies that I've kind of noticed over the past mm, six, seven months, just people I've been watching. So Rihanna has her. changed in size. I love her. And to me, I think Rihanna looks so beautiful. I think she was beautiful Girl. before, beautiful now, so on and so forth. But um, I keep seeing all these different headlines about um, how she's, you know, she's letting herself go. Girl, she was called plus size in one article. I See? was like, y'all she probably She probably is size eight. I was like, <laughs> probably, I was, and she probably not, honestly. I was like, y'all are stretching that like so hard. And, and what really kills me is you kind of see the shift in people's, thought process based on celebrities because you have people who who shame fat people online every day mm-hmm. and and you know make fat phobic comments and things like that but as soon as Rihanna gains weight 
it's, you know, a different tune. And it's like, okay, so are we okay with, you know, uh, fat people if they're celebrities or if they're, Mm -hmm. if they were once um, something you would think is, you know, Mm -hmm. desirable. And of course she like gains the weight and now you have people kind of like rooting for it. It's like, okay, but y'all are shaming everybody else online but as soon as Rihanna gained some weight she's you know she she's she's thick and and see but the, the and she's not fat exactly but going to the thickness thing that you just mentioned people are only praising I think her her weight gain because she's gaining it in the and I'm in using the, my air quotes the, again in the right quote places, unquote right places right yeah. places because mm-hmm. if, if all that shit would have went to her stomach but you see it's happening to Cardi B too because Cardi B's gained some weight because she's not she even said it she was like I'm not stripping no more and my body's not the same. And you'll see people in her comments like saying, you pregnant? You pregnant? Well, she is, she is pregnant now. But well, uh, at before, first, is she well, really? I, girl, that girl. Everybody. Confer, everybody well, at first, yeah. it was she, she was just like, let me be fat in peace. But it was one of right. those things where people are just so obsessed with like, with weight. And if people gain it, if they were, you know, if they're not used to seeing them like that. And it's one of those things where we're like, okay, we're so obsessed with and, and it's not even like they're fat. Like, they just gained some weight. Like, it's noticeably some weight that they gained. And all of a sudden, everyone, like, panicked. But and- nobody, was, nobody was saying nothing about Cardi. Because I remember there was a point she had posted a video. She got really skinny at one point. Um, like, because I think she even said, like, she wasn't eating as much. She was just working, you know, doing tours. Stuff like that. That's a lot of work. You know, all that mm-hmm. dancing and stuff. She Well, she don't really be dancing on stage. But, you know. All that stuff is a lot of work. And she had gotten super skinny. She had posted a video when she, I guess, went back home and she didn't have no shirt on. And it was like, I, I saw her ribs and stuff like that. But I was like, dang, is she all right? Because like, people you know would probably I mean? prefer that over right. her being bigger right. and wearing, because her and uh, Rihanna were just wearing, you know, larger size clothing. Fluffy stuff. Yeah, fluffy stuff. And it's one of those things like, oh, she pregnant because she, she is pregnant, know, bro. Not She's showing her now. stomach. I'm and then convinced. even. Um, I don't know if you were going to bring up other people, but I saw on Instagram because, you know, Tia Maori is pregnant as Mm, well. And so you see pictures of her and, you know, you see people calling her fat or, oh, what happened? She let herself go. And a lot of people are like, she's pregnant. But it's like, even if she wasn't pregnant, like, why do you feel the need to like hop on her picture and be like, yeah, I'm like, she let herself go. She's fat. Like, first of all, she's pregnant Mm -hmm. and and pregnant people gain weight sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay. I mean, that's pretty much you do. Like, there's no no getting around that. If you're not getting weight, I'm concerned. Concerned. (laughs) 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 But it's just like, it's just crazy the lengths that people go to shame people for, for gaining weight for any type of reason. And it's like, you honestly, like, you don't even need to know the reason. It could be health reasons. It could just be because I was eating and I didn't feel like exercising. That's none of your Your business. business. And and yeah. and you don't need to get on the internet. But I noticed that with like certain celebrities, uh, I think because Rihanna's just so huge, yeah. you know, she gains weight. It's okay. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, and then you have to think about again, if it were somebody else, because Rihanna, she gains weight. They'll shame her, but ultimately, I think, uh, generally speaking, it was okay. It's because mm-hmm. Rihanna. And be like, she, she don't need to get no bigger. Well, yeah, but she, <laughs> she's like, but Rihanna's also a world class entertainer. So, of course, for her, it would be all right. But, I'm, but for the everyday person, nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. and I've always been the kind, I'll say personally for myself, I've always been the kind of person where my weight fluctuates. So, there have been times where I've been very thin. There have been times where I've been a lot thicker when I have had a tummy. And so, people like, you know, just the snide little shit people will say. And I mean, I've had to, honestly, on both ends of the spectrum, and I'll say more so on the spectrum when I was a lot thicker, I've had to like curse people out. I'm like, no, I'm like, no, mm-mm. And like, you literally have to like, it gets to a point where people are policing. Like, you don't even, first off, 
whether you know me or not, you have no business telling me what I should and shouldn't look like and what mm-hmm. I should and shouldn't be doing. So, I mean, I think um, when we talk about, there's, oh, I also wanted to talk about Leslie Jones. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's like huge on Twitter. Yeah, and at one point she, um, she was going, was it the premiere of Ghostbusters? Yeah, I think so. And like no designers wanted to dress her. Mm-hmm. No. So was it Christian Siriano who eventually? I love Christian Siriano. Yeah, ever since like, he was on Project Runway, like yeah, he's like he's. Oh, I, lo- I just I love I've him. loved watching his come up. Yes, first of all, yes, for the so, glow up Christian. Yes, and so he, you know, he eventually he like was like he saw that, and he was quoted as saying, he's "Like you know, I just didn't feel it didn't sit well with me." He's like, "Here she is, literally about to like you know premiere probably one of the biggest movies of the year." And no designer wants to dress her. Which is crazy to me. And she still That's talks- an opportunity that you would like. To me, I'm like, I would jump at that shit. But then, you know, that goes into fashion again and uh, branding. And they just, I feel like what it was is that a lot of designers, and I, shoot, this, I think this probably says more about your design skills than it does the person you're dressing. Mm-hmm. They feel like you, they're not going to dress a certain type of person because they're they're not going to look good in their clothes. Well, they, and I mean, designers are often, you know, it's been noted over the mm-hmm. years that like, well, we're not really concerned with the person. We're more so concerned with the canvas because we want the clothes to look a certain way. And I would right. totally agree with what you said. I think that kind of like speaks to your design skills. Like, I think to to me the making and the mark of a good designer is you can take any body type and make them look like a fucking dime, mm-hmm. and she did. Mm-hmm. Like she they, looked, really she looked beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, it's one of those things where I consistently see um, larger women like Danielle Brooks has talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tess Holiday, who I love, I love like her Instagram. I love like everything that she's doing as far as like when it goes to like speaking out about different issues. Because, you know, I feel like, you know, as a white woman, I don't really expect that a lot of the time from white women. I really don't. So the fact that she talks about a lot of this stuff and the fact that she isn't, like, she doesn't have, like, that hourglass, like, frame. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she talks about the fact that, you know, there are a lot of the times when I can't go to certain events because I can't find designers to dress me. And she's, like, one of the most famous plus-size models in the world. I'm like, so you're you're easily pulling in probably a couple million a year, at least high six figures, working in the fashion industry and the fact that like y'all are like literally celebrities and y'all can't find people to dress y'all. Still, well, what does that say about still, people who are still, still, still like you by any marker you've made it mm-hmm. and you still can't find still, somebody to dress you. Still. And I'm like, damn, well, what does that say for like the everyday girls? Mm-hmm. What options are they left with? Mm-hmm. And I'm just, you know, it's, it's kind of infuriating. I'm going to be honest. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not fucking with it. Y'all I'm really not. I think also, um, you had you said something that triggered something for me. Uh, genuinely not wanting to exercise because there are people who just don't want to. Yeah, and we don't talk about that enough because I think health, like in use of this too, health has become this one type of approach idea. Mm-hmm. So health is this. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to run a mile every day, and I'm gonna tell you right now. Okay, I plan to be extremely healthy after my baby, and really, it isn't because of the way I want to look is more so for like health reasons. Right. Literally health reasons, like Mm -hmm. the fact that I have type two diabetes. And so like, really that's the only reason why I'm more like so concerned about health. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, like telling people that there's only one way to be healthy. There's only one way to look. And then this has also like come to my attention recently. Um, as I've been going into like pregnancy, and we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but shaming people for what they eat. Mm-hmm. I don't like that either because I'm like, you know, again, like, well, what do people really have access to eat? Like, right, what people yeah. like, 
I can't, you know, first off, I don't know about y'all. Being healthy is expensive, man. No, it is. Like, you go to, like, I was in Kroger the day, and, like, you know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I walked out. <laughs> I bought a few things. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to wait till I got some money. <laughs> come back to come back. No, like, real shit. And so you look at, like, groceries and stuff. You look at organic vegetables and organic fruit compared to, like, you know, the stuff that's genetically modified, which you obviously want to be more organic because that's healthier for you in the long run. But it's like most people can't afford to do that. Like, you can get a pound of regular squash for 99 cents. Organic squash is two ninety nine a pound. I'm like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, you have like, to look at what's accessible to everybody, and uh-huh. you kind of, and you know, it's like a classic argument. Like a salad is five bucks, but I can get a double cheeseburger for a dollar. So if I'm like broke, 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 what do you think I'm gonna be buying? And you're hungry, mm-hmm. and I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna spend Ain't five no bucks on a salad. Mm-hmm. No, like I'm gonna get this double cheeseburger. That's a dollar, and <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. what it is. It also, I think, it also goes into like, do you have the luxury to actually have time to cook every day? Most people don't. Mm-hmm. When you buy organic and fresh produce, it goes bad really fast mm-hmm. unless you actually and have time. You're like, to like, oh dang, well that's just a waste of money. And so you you throw in the tr- you just throw it in the trash because you mm-hmm. can't eat it anymore because it's like you know. And so then it also kind of goes into like the stuff that isn't necessarily organic and maybe uh, GMO genet- genetically modified. And I mean the the sad thing is, and my mom always says this about canned vegetables, they don't really go bad that fast. Mm-mm. So it's one of those things where like. In talking about health, which directly and absolutely ties into body positivity, what do people actually have access to? So I think when you talk about all that, you kind of like tie it back into like, um, what, what was the question? She was talking no, about you just, you just were, you know, f- tying things up. So <laughs> it's all good. Back to like personal agency and like choices. Like we have to make sure people, first off, have a choice. Mm-hmm. That choice is respected mm-hmm. and that other people are, you know, basically accepting of like the fact that well body positivity for you doesn't always look the same as mm-hmm. body positivity for me and that's okay we can coexist at the same time without me being like eh, natural or yeah yeah just putting mm-hmm. people other people down mm-hmm. for the choices that they've made for the choice that they've made because i mean it kind of like i said oppression is a bitch like i feel like anytime there is a movement to dismantle a certain type of oppression you can't tell. You can't like go into it without your magnifying glass. I'm sure if you look at the movement, there's a pressure within the movement. Oh, absolutely, so, <laughs> absolutely. Every I mean, time. yeah. I mean, I've enjoyed talking to y'all. Do y'all have anything else that y'all wanted to say? Can y'all tell everybody again where they can meet y'all or like where they can find more of y'all's work, information about y'all, some of the stuff you're doing? Yeah, um, I'm uh, at Leisha Mac L I I S H A M A C on Twitter, Instagram. Snap. I don't really be on Snap no more, though. So <laughs> They've been fucking And up. I don't really be adding people like, on Snap unless I know you, too. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I, I, try to, I try to talk about my movement a little bit on Instagram, but they took down my picture because, you know, I'm not Kim. So we going to dismantle the oppression. <laughs> I'm not Kim, so my stuff didn't get to stay up, but it's yeah, all good. they full of shit for that. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's really all that I be on. Yeah, and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, my new YouTube channel. It's all the curvy classics. Her new YouTube channel. YouTube YouTube is is lit now. Yeah, I mean, lately. I'm trying to be consistent. I need to get another computer because it's it's editing software. I'm like still learning how to like edit the videos, and it's like taking forever Mm -hmm. to do certain videos. But I'm I'm gonna try to get my consistency better. Absolutely. Um, and again, this is the Slay Less Show. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Slay Less Show. That's S L A Y Y Y E S T E Show. Um, on Twitter at just simply at Slay Less Show. No the. 
So um, again, body positivity, I have had so much fun talking with y'all today, just talking about all the various complexities. And to be honest, uh, this topic will probably get revisited next season because there's so much that we touched on and there's also so much we didn't even get a chance to touch on within mm-hmm. the hour and a half, damn near hour, to almost two hours that we've been here. <laughs> but I'm never one to stop a good conversation once it gets flowing. So again, thank you for listening in and we'll catch y'all next time.